Navigating your way through the scriptures, uh, most of your Bibles will have a table of contents. I encourage you to use that. Galatians, relatively small book of the Bible, uh, but you'll want to make sure you're following along uh, with me this evening. Um, I may be new to many of you. I know I am. This is uh, probably one of the first times that we've been able to meet a couple familiar faces as I've visited here a few times. Uh, but I am excited for you guys as you celebrate your sixth anniversary. Uh, I have known of this church before the church existed. Uh, and we've been praying for this church since before this church existed. Um, in 2013, I left active duty uh, with the Marine Corps after 10 years of service uh, to start Pillar Church of Jacksonville, which Trace talked about earlier. Uh, right outside of Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune, I agree, Camp Lejeune. Uh, you don't want to get into that argument, though, because you're just going to get into an inter-family dispute. So just pick one and stick with it. Um, one thing that we think about a lot in our family of churches is we don't plant alone. Uh, maybe that was determined about the time that they were sending me out. They're like, this guy cannot be alone. We need somebody with him. And so Jonathan Ransom uh, joined me for the first year of our church plants. Uh, about halfway through that year that John and I were together starting Pillar Church in Jacksonville, we had the privilege to meet Trace Martinez. I don't know when exactly I met Christy, but probably sometime shortly after that. But we were able to meet Trace, and it became clear uh, that we were going to be sending John out to plant Pillar Church of Oceanside, come alongside Trace and the team that was already forming out here in Oceanside. And uh, just very exciting. So in 2014, we uh, sent John and Linnea Ran uh, Ransom out with their daughter Emma to Oceanside, joined Trace and Christy and the team that was forming. Uh, a couple years later, you guys sent out the Ransom family. Uh, and so they got their, their like start church move, start church move. They've been in Okinawa for a little while, but you sent them out to Okinawa. I was very excited to be here that weekend where Trace retired from the Marine Corps. And it was the Ransom's last Sunday as they were sent out uh, to Okinawa. In hindsight, like that was a big weekend. It felt big in the moment, but looking back on it, like really? Both those things happened the same weekend. I think your retirement was like a Friday, and then the Sunday was that service. Uh, so they sent out, so we're, uh, we're thankful to be here for that. And now, this month, you're sending out Daniel Carter along with a team of folks to plant Pillar Church of San Diego. Uh, and so very excited about that. That's a lot in six years, right? That's a lot. Uh, I haven't even mentioned that just the normal difficulties of planting a church. I don't know if you realize this or not, but uh, church plants getting to their fifth anniversary, their fifth anniversary has about a 50% success rate. Uh, so it's challenging to start a new church. Uh, and so I didn't mention that, didn't mention... Um, you know, just the normal interpersonal difficulties of church life, right? Where you're going to disagree about things when you're doing life together and making statements about who God is and how we're supposed to respond to him. So we think about those things and, you know, and then now this year, 2020, we have all sorts of hurdles to get over 
together. And you guys have done that, and you're here celebrating uh, six years. And I, I visit you from North Carolina. I'm not from North Carolina originally, but I did marry a North Carolina girl, and I've lived in North Carolina most of my adult life. And so what a lot of us would say in North Carolina is you done good, right? You just, you done good, right? So if I come all the way here to tell you, you, you done good, okay? You done good. You did, you did well. You, you've, you've just scratched the surface of, of what is there for us. But the title for the sermon this morning is not just you done good. The title for the sermon this evening, sorry, this evening is you done good, keep going, keep going. The text for this evening will be Galatians 6, verses 6 through 10. It says this, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the, from the flesh, reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So again, the title, You Done Good, Keep Going. My goal this evening is to answer this question What will it look like to keep going as a church? What does it look like to continue on the course that you have started? I think each of my points this evening will apply to each one of you individually to a a certain extent and definitely to you as a congregation as a total. So the two big ideas this evening are share good things and then let us not grow weary of doing good things. Share good things, let us not grow weary of of doing good things. And then I'll conclude with how we get there uh, so we don't miss the good news. So notice in verse 6, verse 6, share good things. I want you to picture what the Apostle Paul, the writer of this letter, what he says. I want you to picture what he's saying. He's saying, let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches the word. So you have a person who is learning something from another person about the Word of God, about God and about His Word, and they're learning from another person. And what Paul would tell the person who is learning from the person who is teaching is to share the good things that are happening in your life as a result of that teaching. That's a powerful, simple concept that those of us who are taught from the Word should share the good things with the one who teaches us. If you gain something good from the teacher, you should circle back and share that with the teacher. Can I share a secret about preaching and teaching the Word of God? The moment that we're done, our flesh will either lead us to pride or despair. Satan will help us in that endeavor to lead us into pride or despair. And you... If you're learning from someone who is teaching the Word of God, you can step into that moment with words of encouragement of what God has shown you through the teaching. Keep it word-centered. Notice he says, let the one who has taught the Word. 
Alright, so he's talking about being taught the word of God. So we can we can praise other things, right? So Robert did a great job setting up tents tonight, and that's a good thing. But but our primary encouragement in this text is being taught the word of God. So we can share with those. So those who are being taught can step into the battleground that happens with those who teach the word with one simple thing. That you share the good things that you just learned. You can do this on Sunday mornings or Saturday evenings whenever you're gathering as a church from now into the future. Or you can do this after the preaching. You can do this for those who read the Bible. So Trace read the scriptures to us. You can do this with those who lead us in worship through music. You can do this in lots of different ways. You can do this in person, right? Right, right after the service, you can say, wow, that was, a, that was a great word from the Lord. That was amazing what I saw there. You can do it right after a community group or life groups, right? So if you heard something in a life group that was helpful to you from the word of God, you can say, that was, that was very helpful. Thank you. That caused me to think about this. That caused me to think about how I might apply that in my life this week. You can share that. You can do it in person. You can do it via text message. You can do it via social media message. You can do it via Marco Polo versus smoke signal. You can do it during, like, we have more ways to contact one another than we have ever had to contact one another ever. Like, use it for encouragement. Use it to encourage those who teach the word of God. If you're taking notes this evening, I would encourage you to ask this question of yourself. Who can I encourage today? Who can I encourage this week? Just since I flew in town on Thursday, and we've already had, I think, two life groups have met, and a men's group has met, and we've got church this evening. You can think back to last Sunday or the past couple of Sundays. If God has used something that has been taught to you from the Word of God, I would encourage you to reach out and encourage the person who taught you. As a side note, there's... There's a little lingering thought, like, well, what if the teaching was really bad, right? Uh, honestly, silence can be a really powerful tool in that moment. Um, silence can be powerful. Uh, confronting somebody on false teaching is a challenge. I would encourage you first do your homework. Uh, Acts 17.11 says that the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they heard what was being taught and they went and examined the scriptures to see if what was being taught was true according to the scriptures. So make sure it's according to the scriptures. But if you don't have anything to encourage, silence is probably step one. And then examine the scriptures and see if it is so. So encourage. Let the one who has taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. What Paul does in verses 7 and 8 is he summarizes a bit of how God has created the world to work. So notice verses 7 and 8. He says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. So he gives us this pattern of how God has the world to work. The one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. So the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. You may say, well, that's a weird little like, little information session from the Apostle Paul. Like, Why would he do that? See, our flesh and the Spirit are, are in competition with one another. We feed one or the other. When we would encourage one of our fellow brothers or sisters in Christ and they're teaching us, we are investing in the Spirit. Right? We're investing in what is good. We are investing in what is right. And if we instead use jealousy and strife or 
cynicism or we're overly critical, eventually we will reap and harvest corruption. So he just gives us a little bit about how the world works there in verses 7 and 8. But I love what comes next. Right? So the Apostle Paul knows that we, what he has just said is difficult. Right? That if we sow to the Spirit, it's simple, but it's difficult part of the Christian life. It's a life that we're prone to weary from. It's a life that we're prone to burn out from. So if you think about those who are teaching, there, there's, a, there's a tendency to burn out, to, to weary from doing that. If you're sitting under teaching, there's a temptation to weary from doing that, to burn out from doing that, and just walk away from church. So I love where Paul goes next in verses 9 and 10. He says, let us not grow weary of doing good. Let us not grow weary of doing good. In verse 9, he starts with, let us. Let us not grow weary in doing good. So Paul changes his verbs. In verse 6, he's kind of talking about this generic person. A person who is taught. It's like he's laying out a rule. So if there's, if there's a person who has been taught something of the Word of God... They should share the good things with the person who's being, uh, with the person who's teaching. Then in verse seven and eight, he transitions. He's simply explaining how God has designed the world to work. But then here in verse nine, he's instructing the churches of Galatia, those he's writing the letter to, like all the members of all the churches of Galatia in this whole region, and he's instructing himself. He says, let us do this. We need to do this, right? So this is, he's using we language. We need to do this. Paul joins in his audience that needs the instruction. This instruction is for members of churches. It's for teachers in those churches. It is for the church as a whole. It is for pastors. It is for church planters. It is for denominational leaders. It is for, uh, yes, even super apostles like the apostle Paul. We all need this instruction. So what's the instruction? Do not grow weary in doing good. Don't weary. Don't faint. Don't give up. Don't stop doing the things that you know are good things. Don't stop teaching one another the Word of God. Sometimes it's tempting that um, if you've just taught the Word of God and it just feels like it falls flat and you don't know what the fruit has been from it, there's a weariness to that and there's, there's a temptation to just stop. It's too difficult. Sometimes you'll, you'll be sitting under the teaching and you're like, I'm just not getting much out of this. And, and there's a temptation to stop and there's a temptation to give up. There's a temptation when church isn't quite like we thought it should be. Like maybe we shouldn't be out in a parking lot and this is difficult and it's hot. But actually we just got some shade somehow. Like, so that's great. Right? And so like, there's temptations to just stop and give up. I feel like the Apostle Paul is going to tell us, no, no, no. Let us not do that. We're all going to be prone to grow weary, but let us not grow weary of doing good. Let's not stop. Don't stop sowing to the spiritual things that got us where we are. Don't don't start sowing to the mortal flesh. Continue to build God's kingdom. Don't turn around and start building your own little K kingdom. Do not grow weary in doing good. And you may say, well, why, Paul? Like, what's... What's the big deal? What's going to happen? I love what he says. Still in verse 9, he says, For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. 
Like, that's it. That's all, that's all he's got. He says, look, you need to keep going because if you keep going, we will reap. We will reap what he just talked about in 7 and 8. We will reap eternal life if we do not give up. We will reap if we do not weary. Well, who, Paul? Who are we supposed to do this to? I love verse 10. He goes in. He says, so as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Like, okay, you wanted me to not weary. You said everyone? Like, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. You want me to not weary in doing good? Then you just told me everyone. I love what he does here. He hones it in. He's like, all right, especially of the household of faith. He says, especially those who are of the household of faith. And so he says, look, as you have the opportunity, do good to everyone, but hone it in. Make sure you're doing good within the household of faith. When I think about this passage and other passages like it in the scriptures, I like to think of my responsibilities as concentric circles, right? And so we, we want to think about doing good. We want to think about sharing with those who teach me and show me things in the word of God. I want to sow to the spirit. I want to build people up and I want to not sow to the flesh. Well, I want to start like myself, my own relationship with God, make sure that I'm I'm in relationship with God and sowing to the Spirit of God, and I, I want to understand what's happening there. Then I want to reach out to my marriage. I want to make sure my wife and I have a healthy, godly marriage. And then I want to focus on my family. I have five kids, so that gives me like lots of people to, to try to fig, figure out and interact with. Then I want to focus in on my church family and, and those who are members of my local church family. And I want to not forget that. And I want to, I want to okay, I need to do good to somebody today. All right, well, who's, man, pull out the members list and, and do good for somebody in the household of faith. Even when I think of the world and I start thinking of everyone, I want to start close to home. I want to think about my neighbors. So I look across the street from where I live and I want to think about the family that lives across the street or the ones that live a couple doors down or the ones that live around the corner. I want to think about those. I want to think about those that I'm already in relationship with, those that I work with, those that I have interactions with, those that I already do business with. I want to think of my life in that way and not do weary and doing good. So as, as I have opportunity, I do good to everyone, but especially starting at home, starting in the household of faith. Let us not grow weary of doing good, for we will reap if we don't give up. So do good to everyone, especially those who are in the church family, especially those who are in the household of faith. Now, some of you have probably figured out the bad news. The bad news is, if this is a rah-rah speech, you're going to fail by, like, lunch tomorrow, right? You might fail by, like, before you go to bed tonight, right? So if this is just a rah-rah speech, uh, those can only take us so far, and uh, you've probably noticed by my demeanor, that's not really my forte, is, like, rah-rah, win one for the Gipper speeches, Rah-rah speeches have a decent effect for 60 minutes of football, but they're not all that good for the Christian life. They're not good for enduring to the end. They're not good for uh, doing good and not growing weary and sowing to the spirit and not sowing to the flesh. Rah-rah speeches only go so far. Thankfully, the Apostle Paul is not merely giving the churches in Galatia some like rah-rah speech, like, come on, guys, do a little bit better. Don't give up. We can do this. We can, we can go all the way to the fourth quarter. That is not what he's doing here. The Apostle Paul gave his audience the good news back in chapter 2. So I want you to look with me in chapter 2. 
We do well to ensure that we don't miss the good news and the way that this happens. In chapter 2 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul writes this, Yet we know that a person is not justified, and if you're looking at the ESV, you might even have a footnote that says, or counted righteous. For we know that a person is not justified or counted righteous by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified or counted righteous by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified or counted righteous. Okay, so I can't work my way into heaven. I can't try a little bit harder to get into heaven. It is only by faith in Christ that I can earn a right standing before God. Then notice what it says down in verse 20, still in chapter 2, verse 20. He says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So what he says is we will not reap eternal life because of our good work. Right? So if you come up to me after a service like, man, that was a good word, brother. Like that's not earning you like that's not earning you another step towards heaven, right? If you go help an old lady cross the street, that's not like earning you a step towards heaven. We will only reap eternal life if we have placed our faith in Christ's work, in Christ's work counting on our behalf. Our work is placing our faith in Him, responding to Him in repentance and faith. That's what verse 16 says. And then in verse 20, he says, For those who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ, our old self has been crucified with Christ. And now it is no longer our old sinful self that lives, but instead Christ who is living in us. So the way that you will not be Come weary and will be able to endure to the end is Christ living in you, placing your faith in Christ and then allowing Christ more and more over time to live in you and more and more putting to death the old self, putting to death our old self and walking in the new life in Christ. So if you think about what we what we saw in Galatians six, you see, our old self wants to be jealous of good teaching or our old self wants to be overly critical Man, I don't know what it is about our society or just maybe my personal. I feel like I have the spiritual gift of criticism sometimes. Anybody else? Like, it's not actually a spiritual gift. Some of you are like, wait, where's that list again? Like, right? Just something about it. We just can't help ourselves. But that's our old self to be jealous or to be overly cynical or critical. Our new life wants to encourage teachers. Our new life wants to train more teachers. We want to send as many out of here as possible. Our old self wants to build up ourselves. We want people to think that we're awesome. right? That's why I don't go tell the person, man, you're really awesome. No, no. When you said this from the scriptures, that was really helpful for me. Like We need to word how we encourage it. Because our old self wants to build ourselves up, but our new self, Walking in Christ wants to build up others and the church. That we would lay down our lives for the church just like Christ did. Our old self wants to give up. We want to weary. We want to stop. We want to stop all kinds of things. 
We live in a committophobic culture. We just want to stop everything. We want to stop marriage. We want to stop parenting our children. We want to quit jobs. We want. We just like stopping. We, we like starting new things too, but we really like stopping things. We like quitting. We like giving up. We like being weary. But our new self in Christ can propel us to go the, to continue, to live one more day for Christ, to live one more day in faith that, that even though every day behind us has been a slog and a struggle, maybe today God's going to do something that's going to remind us like, oh, wow, God's still here. He's still doing something. He is still showing up. He's doing what he has always been doing. I haven't been able to see it for the past three months or four months or six months or eight years or ten years. But we can we move forward in faith that he's going to show up and remind us that he is still working. Our old self thinks it can do everything for everyone. Our new self looks for opportunities to do good for those who are around us. Our new self starts doing good in the household of faith and works out from there. Pillar Oceanside, you've done good. You've done good. In Christ, keep going. Keep going. You're like, Brian, how long? We keep going until Christ returns or he calls us home. We keep going. I love you guys. Let's pray. Lord, you created us for good. Tell us in Ephesians 2, verse 10, that those of us who are in Christ are a new creation, a new workmanship in Christ Jesus, created for good works. So God, I pray that though we have rebelled against you, for those of us who have placed our faith and our trust in you, Jesus, that we're a new creation and you have good works for us. There's a lot of things we feel like we can't do right now. There's a lot of things that make us prone to be weary and prone to give up. But God, give us a a glimpse of what there is for us. What opportunities do we have to do good? How can we continue to cling to you and continue to be on the work that you would have for us? It says in Ephesians 2.10 that you have prepared good works for us. God, open our eyes. What are those good works that you have for us? God, help us to see those around us who are helping us to learn. God, that we would be able to share in the ministry together. Those who are teaching, those who are being taught, that we would work together. That we would share with one another the the trials, that we would share with one another the difficulties. Got to pray for my brothers and sisters here. God, that they not weary in doing good, that they endure to the end, and that we can continue in this effort together. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.